Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations are in order for Mr. Jose Alba, that bodega bodega guy who uh, fought for his life, fought for his business, fought for his livelihood, and won. He was unfairly arrested and imprisoned and charged with murder. Uh, You've seen the videotape by now. That guy came in, hassled him, and grabbed him and threw him down all over a silly bag of chips. The girlfriend made the situation much worse. Anyway, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, uh, known lunatic, has dropped the charges. Is uh, That's going to formally happen any moment now. The word is the charges will be dropped, and that is justice. Damn it, that is justice. I know that Mr. Bragg can't be very happy about this. Uh, justice is not the name of the game. Oh, racial, social justice, all that kind of weird justice, but not true justice 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 in the eyes of the law that is more obscured more elusive than ever before jose alba uh you know i don't want to see him charged with assault i don't want to see him charged with uh aggravated uh misdemeanor menacing or something like that i want him off scot free guy has enough trouble by the way uh running that bodega imagine that having to be in a bodega all night long it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world you know, you got fighter pilot, you got uh, working at a 7-Eleven at 3 in the morning. These are really dangerous jobs. Cop, firefighter, bodega worker, uh, convenience store worker. Very dangerous. So, Jose Alba, by the way, he's not as old as he looks. He's only in his early 50s, I believe. He did not deserve this. Um, and the word is that the charges will be dropped. I hope this doesn't mean downgraded. What was he charged with? Second-degree murder, and they put him on Rikers, and they wanted... At first, $500,000 bail, and then $250,000 bail, and then I think he finally was down to 50000 and now he is, um, well, it looks like he's going to be fine. He's not going to jail, and that's great news. Oh, boy, he epitomized so much. Now, of course, let's see. Eric Adams jumped on that bandwagon very late. He saw which the what direction uh, political opinion was going, popular opinion was going. He laid low, tried to avoid it, and then he had to uh, support the guy. But that's all he is, just words, just words and silliness. He has no action, no plan, no ability, and uh, that's that's kind of wild. But all right, all right. Jose Alba, good for you. What else is going on? Now, if you can possibly get rid of all your other crazy policies, that would be terrific. You know, Eric Garner, there is now Eric Garner way. You know Eric Garner, the guy who was selling cigarettes and Refused to uh, be taken into custody. Just flat out refused. No, it is my right to sell these illegal cigarettes right here, even though all the store owners up and down this block have been complaining about me for years. It is my right to sell these cigarettes at a 
uh, at a price that uh, is very good for me, but not good for the store owners. Anyway, they tried to arrest him. He refused. There was a struggle. You saw it. He's 400 pounds, had all kinds of pre-existing conditions, and he died. He died. Very sad. Um, but you know what? That's what, He didn't comply, and he died. He could have complied with their lawful orders. Daniel Pantaleo, by the way, didn't they drive him out of the police department? How the hell are you going to take down a 400-pound guy if you're five foot six and 140 pounds? What the hell was he supposed to do? Daniel Pantaleo, he got a raw deal in all of this. Eric Garner, that's all the way back in 2014. Wow, eight years ago. Eight years ago. And that's part of, well, the, the silly race story that's been told over and over again. So much so that people believe it. Little kids believe it. That cops are racist, America is fundamentally a bad place, and you should resist unjust law enforcement. You should resist. It's your duty to resist. You will be praised for resisting. All that nonsense. Eric Garner helped bring that about, this horrific culture we're in right now. Eric Garner played a role. Of course, it was exploited and hyped by the media and uh, leftists like Bill de Blasio and... uh, so Alvin Bragg showed up to rename the street Alvin, no, what is it called? Eric Garner Way. Eric Garner Street in Staten Island. For a great, not a great man, for a degenerate, I'm sorry, for a guy who was just, he had problems, big problems. Now we name, now we name streets. Pretty soon it's going to be a university. You know all those um, Floyd statues all over there, all over the place. George Floyd. George Floyd. There are like 50 George Floyd statues. If you were watching my Newsmax show last night at 10 o'clock these days, Newsmax at 10 o'clock with Greg Kelly, I showed you what I said I would show you, uh, that George Floyd did work in the porn industry. Yes, he was a porno actor. He was a porno actor, and he did it for money. Does that mean he should have died that day in 2020? No, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, some of the most successful, richest people in America got their start in pornography. I'm not kidding. Kim Kardashian. Remember the Ray J sex tape? Well, maybe you don't. Hopefully you don't. It was kind of gross. But Ray J and what's her name? Um, Kim hooked up and was on videotape. I think it was a deliberate leak. Who else uh, made it big by, uh, by a sex tape? Paris Hilton. Someone else. And George Floyd. Now, did it make his career? Did it whatever the hell that was? He was basically a career criminal, right? Uh, no, it didn't make his career, but it's part of who he was. And I'd like to know everything about the civil rights icons, right? I think it's okay. I think we have a right to know. No judgment, necessarily. Well, I, I, I judge the time he took out the knife on the pregnant woman. I, I, I kind of judge, hey, dude, it wasn't really a good thing to take all that fentanyl. Because you'd be alive today if you didn't take all that, all those drugs, you know? Uh, hey, by the way, why aren't we told that he had a relationship, a pre-existing relationship with Derek Chauvin? I think that's relevant. Why aren't we told about that? Why, is, why do they ignore certain facts and hype others? Um, yeah, George Floyd appeared. Now, look, it's fine. It doesn't really change much of anything. Just like I'm a big admirer of Martin Luther King. And we should judge people on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. Who could not like that? But I happen to know that um, 
Martin Luther King was a human being, civil rights icon to be sure, and we, a lot of us do know because this has been this is in the history books that he was hooking up all over the place, that he used his celebrity to uh, procure women, quite frankly. And he was having affairs. Now, we should not even know about these affairs. It looks like the FBI was had him under surveillance. And Oh, gosh. So what? I mean, it's not good. And that's up to him. And what was his wife's name? Coretta? And, and God, I guess. And, you know, but, but we, it's part of the story. And George Floyd, porno boy, that's part of the story, too. Sorry, sorry. But lots of people look at that stuff. Very few people actually star in it or get paid to do it it's kind of frowned upon for a couple of reasons it's just not a good way of life it's not a nice way to live we talked about that uh so he was a porno guy part-time i'd never met anybody like that well i have i met i met jenna jameson i met bell knox i met uh who else did i meet uh nina hartley once all on talk shows by the way and i actually consider robin bird a friend so I'm not judging anybody, and I don't want to come off like a prude, but I think we should know these things. Why would they Why would they keep it from us? We all know that Mrs. Chauvin, well, maybe you don't know, but I know that she was Mrs. Minnesota. They have a, you know, they have a married woman contest in addition to the Miss America contest. They got the Mrs. America contest. She was a participant in that. Doesn't change too much, but I think it's relevant. Hey, St- Steve Bannon is in trouble still. Steve Bannon for not complying with the congressional testimony, congressional subpoena, they're actually putting him on trial for that. Give me a, give it a rest. You know, all of these indictments of people like Steve Bannon and Paul Manafort and uh, Roger Stone, they try to say, well, oh boy, Donald Trump surrounded himself with lowlifes and criminals. No, the lowlifes and criminals are the prosecutors, the swamp, uh, the district court judges there in Washington, D.C., it's an indictment of them, of the system. The more people they get who are associates of Trump and they get them on things that had nothing to do with Trump, that, that is not a demerit for Trump. It's a demerit for the system, for justice. When the government decides to come after you, God help you, they have unlimited resources. And in the place like D.C., they can get that jury pool, a particularly weak and biased jury pool to believe just about anything the government says, 85% Democrat. Just look at that Michael Sussman. Nobody remembers, but Michael Sussman got caught lying his ass off, and they found him not guilty. He was charged with lying to the FBI. The proof was 1 million percent cut and dried, open and shut case, but he was found not guilty. I used to think the world wasn't this simple, but it's that simple. He's a Democrat. He was loyal to Hillary Clinton. The judge was fooling around, tipping it one way. It happens. It happens, of course. Judges, by the way, they have their own career concerns. They do. They've got all kinds of agendas, That those guys. They are not to be trusted. I love our Constitution. I do. And I love the judicial system in theory— but in practice, it is one hell of a mess, okay? I hope you never get in trouble. I actually know some people who've gone to jail for, like, bogus crimes. Not nothing, nothing. I know, like, I know four, four people 
you, you start adding it up. If you think back, do you know anybody who's ever been arrested? The list, if you really think, at least in my case, I don't think, now I don't think I hang out in, you know, sketchy circles or anything like that. But speaking of sketchy circles, the transgender mob. I don't have transphobia, but I am pretty much annoyed at them. Cut 33, please. This idea that trans women are suddenly going to take over women's sport is an irrational fear of trans women, which is the dictionary definition of transphobia. This dog whistle for transphobia. It is necessary for us to address transphobia around the world. They legitimize homophobia and transphobia that leads to violence against LGBTQ plus people. This entire bill is rooted in homophobia and transphobia. It is also true that transphobia is a real problem. Is it? Who says says the mainstream media night and day transphobia? Why would anybody be phobic? Why would they be afraid? I know people who are turned off, who are not impressed, who are annoyed, and maybe because the ultra sensitivity and the fake language they make us use or try to make us use when it comes to the T in LGBTQ. Uh, the whole pronoun thing, this, this is, this is more than annoying. It's downright infuriating. I'm not afraid of it though. Okay. So it's okay to be annoyed with LGBTQ people cut 34. Hi, I'm Jackson Bird. I'm a YouTuber and writer from New York city. My pronouns are he, him, his. Hello everyone. My name is Francis Tolino. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Adam and my pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm Asia. My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. Uh, Asia, by the way, is the one from Billions. You know the bald chick in Billions? It's the same one. Uh, I've yet to see anyone in my real life introduce themselves with pronouns that are, like, unusual or hard to figure out. It just feels good for them, right? Every man in that little clip said his, him, he. Um, And the women said her she, and whatever, but it somehow feels good. You present yourself as a woman. You present yourself as a man. We know what pronouns to use. We don't have to get inside your head and try to, and by the way, we don't have to remember that. I don't have to go through the trouble uh, uh, remembering what the hell pronouns to use for anybody. Figure out what you want to present to the world. And by the way, if you're non-binary, sorry, I'm not afraid of you, but I'm just going to be, I have no interest All right. Some of us have bigger things to do than worry about your orientation and your organs. The whole damn country, you're trying to make us obsessed with this crap. And if we fall for it, we're never going to fulfill the potential greatness that this country is capable of. It's been a hell of a long time since we've been to the moon. You know what I mean? It's time for us to focus on greatness. Okay. Hey. Rest in peace, Ivana Trump. The funeral is on the Upper East Side of Manhattan at St. Vincent Ferrer uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, here in the city. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Law and order. They're still making that show, uh, and somebody was shot and killed on the set. Somebody who works on the crew there of Law and Order uh, from the Post, a crew member working for Law and Order Organized Crime, was fatally gunned down at the TV show's Brooklyn set early Tuesday in a shooting that could have been pulled straight out of the script. According to authorities, the victim, a 31-year-old married dad of three, 
wow, 31 years old, married, three kids, had just started his shift and was sitting in the driver's seat of a vehicle that was saving a parking space on North Henry Street near Norman Avenue in Greenpoint around 5.15 this morning. Another man suddenly opened the driver's door and blasted him. It was crazy, said a distraught colleague of the victim who was saving the spots for the film crew's trucks to later use. I've noticed that they do this. And by the way, they come in and they just take over parking spots all over the place. It does drive me a little bit nuts sometimes. But uh, you shoot the guy? Are you kidding me? I didn't hear an argument or nothing. It was quiet. Early morning, the colleague said. It was just a pop. And the gunman ran up towards Nassau Avenue. I only heard one bang, but I don't know how many shots. I don't even know who would do this or why. Uh, the victim, whose name has not been released pending family notification, was shot multiple times in the face and neck, officials said. He was taken to Woodhull Medical Center, pronounced dead at 6 a.m. Filming had been scheduled uh, Filming had been scheduled to film on the set at 6 a.m., according to a notice on the scene. Let's see here. The motive for the killing was unclear, but cops said they are not ruling out anything, including whether it may have stemmed from a parking dispute. The suspect fled. And is still in the wind, authorities said. What the hell kind of line is that? This is in the newspaper. The suspect fled and is still in the wind? Is this uh, 1880? Who talks like this anymore? The suspect is on the loose. The suspect is at large. The suspect has not yet been apprehended, but is still in the wind? Is this a thing? Has anybody heard this? I've never. I I mean, I the, the cowboy days, maybe. Anyway, the vi- victim had an arrest record but had been out of trouble since around 2015 i wonder what the hell he did hmm uh his prior bus included domestic violence and marijuana raps but those cases are sealed he also shoot this is all about the victim no oh, come on dwi so what NBC Universal Television, which produces the TV crime series, said in a statement, we are terribly saddened and shocked to hear that one of our crew members was the victim of a crime early this morning and has died as a result. Now, here's the thing that actually makes me a little bit annoyed. You know, Chris Maloney, he plays one of the cops. I've met him once. Mm, I'm not a fan. I'll, I'll, and I'm not a fan as a result of what I'm seeing here. So I did see... That on Instagram, he underwent a body transformation. I mean, he's really in great shape. He's in his mid-50s, and he's buff. And he wants everybody to know it. And he's walking around. So after the guy gets shot, he's walking around the set, and he's smiling. He's looking right at the camera, and he's smiling. And he's showing off, oh, look at me, I'm buff. Wouldn't they just send everybody home after somebody gets, hey, if any of you get shot, we're all, we're canceling the show that day, all right? And I would appreciate it if I get shot that you guys both go home. Seriously, you can't just keep, the show must go on. Not when the episode's going to be on sometime next year at the earliest. You, You call it a wrap. Chris Maloney walking around like a he man. This is ridiculous. How could he do that, egomaniac? Uh, Let's see here. The guard was conducting parking enforcement for the driver's seat of a vehicle on North Henry Street. Yeah, you guys in your vehicles. I will say this, especially when it comes to law and order, 
Why, you know, people can film movies now with iPhones. Why do you come with trucks and trucks and trucks and campers and this? Uh, why? Why do you have all that stuff? You don't need all that stuff to make a great TV show or a great movie. It's because, well, a lot of it's union nonsense. A lot of it is, um, I don't know, these big companies, NBC Universal, they, they got a lot of money, so they spend it. I think it's unnecessary. Look at some one of the greatest movies ever made, um, uh, Rocky, in my opinion. Rocky, yeah, with Sylvester Stallone. They didn't have any of this stuff. They had a pickup truck full of stuff. That's it. They didn't have trailers and everything else. And you watch that movie, it's fantastic. And you know what? It's not overlit. It's not overstylized. It's just a. It's just an all-around um, great movie. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about this. Um, I'm gathering, however, there may have been some pre-existing relationship and or matter between the victim and the shooter who is in the wind somewhere, right? He's he's off in the wind. Very, very odd. Um, hmm. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. I would like you all to consider for a moment that 53 years ago today, we had astronauts on their way to the moon. Mike Collins, Buzz Aldrin, and Neil Armstrong. They were, what date is today? The 19th. This was the eve of the Apollo landing. They were going to walk on the moon the very next day. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I almost forgot. So we were on our way to the moon um, back in 1969 at this time. And Ted Kennedy was drinking his ass off at some cottage on Chappaquiddick Island. Uh, I was there for the uh, regatta that I I, I swam in and uh, sailed in since I was a uh, young boy. And, um, uh, yes, uh, I was at a small gathering of, uh, several married men and, uh, several single women. However, no one was under the influence of, uh, liquor or any other, uh, such beverage. And, um, at one point, Mary Jo Kopechny, uh, uh, asked me if I would drive her home, which I, of course, obliged. I am such a gentleman. Anyway. You know what happens, right? Well, you know the official story. He drives off that skinny bridge. She's in the car. I tried to save her, but I failed, and I wondered if there was a uh, curse on the Kennedy family. And I swam in a daze, wondering what my brothers would say. And um, it's all a fake, in my opinion. It's all a fake. The truth is actually even worse than what we've been told. It's even worse than what we've been told. All right, so Kennedy denies that he hooked up with Mary Jo, right? And um, uh, they take a wrong turn and they drive off the bridge. No one's drunk. He tries to save her, but he can't. And then he's uh, all kind of um, woozy and uh, feeling all kinds of weird things about the Kennedy family curse. And he's he almost drowned. I almost drowned myself in the water. So he goes back to his hotel, right? Doesn't call the police, doesn't call the Coast Guard, doesn't call the fire department, just goes back to the hotel, calls his uh, trusted aides, and then they, uh, then they go to the police 15 hours later, something crazy like that. Now, here's what I believe really happened, and it's worse than what you've been told. 
And if the truth actually came out at the time, Ted Kennedy would not have been allowed to stay in the Senate for a day. He would have had to have quit. But in his twisted mind, in some ways, the truth for him might be better than the fiction that we were all told. All right, so here's what I believe happened. And I have researched this and I've talked to those involved and um, I'm fairly confident. And by the way, this I am not the first one. I did not invent this theory, but it's a very valid theory and no one's been able to uh, debunk it. So here's what happens. Um, Ted Kennedy and Mary Jo Kopechny get in the car. They're going to hook up, okay? They go to the beach. They hook up. Uh, they're driving back to the cottage or they're driving somewhere else. Now, this we know. He passes a cop car. Kennedy's car goes by at a fairly high rate of speed. The cop car follows him. Inside that cop car, police car, radio car, I should call it, is an officer by the name of Look, Christopher Look, L-O-O-K. At one point, he gets out of the car because Kennedy pulls over, we believe. He approaches the car. Kennedy then hits the gas, and the car peels out. Now, Look knew the make and model of the car, and he knew the first three letters of the license plate. It all comports with Kennedy's vehicle and license plate, right? But he said the guy's going so fast, he gave up. He just he just let him go. Now, here's where the theory comes in. That is part of the record, by the way. All that stuff with the officer look, right? Here's what some of us think. Kennedy panics. He's in the car with this woman. Maybe she's upset. Maybe she's not. Maybe they're both drunk. Maybe not. He thinks to himself, I cannot be seen in this car with this woman who is not my wife. This would be uh, very uh, damaging to my political career, and I have to get out of here. Mary Jo, I have an idea. You take the wheel, and I am going to uh, go home. I will go back to the hotel. You will will take the car because I cannot be found in this car with you. Now, you think about it. It does kind of make sense. He can't throw her out of the car, right? He can't be seen in the car. He gets out of the car, gives her the wheel. This would explain a lot. So he goes back to the hotel. This is one of the reasons why, in a weird way, he's not a total monster. He doesn't know. She's alone in the car, doesn't know her way around. She drives off the bridge by herself. Kennedy, meanwhile, is in that hotel, and it explains all this time that goes by. And we know that some of his senior aides went to the hotel. Bum, 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 bum. We need to talk to you. <clears throat> because the police, a few hours earlier, found the car, knew it was Kennedy's. Kennedy wasn't in it. So they come up with this story that he was in the car because the truth is even worse. They're like, Ted, what the hell happened? Mary Jo is dead in the car. What happened? He said, I gave her the car. I told her uh, to, to, to drive home, uh, to drive back. I could not be seen with her. There was a cop. We almost got pulled over. I can't be found with her in the car at night. Doesn't that kind of make sense? And then they say, well, uh, we got we got something far bigger on our hands. She's dead. So you're saying that you didn't want to be found, so you let the drunk girl potentially drive by herself so you could pull your pants up and run away? Uh, yes. So what do they do? That story, which I believe is the truth, 
would mean that Kennedy could not have stayed in the Senate for another day. I was with the woman, but I was afraid of getting caught by the police, so I ran off and I uh, hid behind a dune. You can't, you can't say that, but what you can say, now a lot of people won't believe you, a lot of people will hate you, but you can say it and you can actually convince some of the people that, oh, he's a Kennedy. Oh, the Kennedy curse. Wow. Yeah, no, he tried to save her. I tried. I tried several times to save her. In fact, I almost drowned myself. With that cockamamie excuse, he could actually stay in the Senate as opposed to being laughed out of public life immediately. Does that make sense? I think it works. Uh, Sandra is on the phone, daughter of our the late, great B. Hi, Sandra. What's up? What do you think of my theory? Oh, good. I think that's I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think you're right. Wow. <laughs> yep. All right. What did you call about? I called for a few things. I wanted to first say that on a very hot day like today, it's very cruel to let the horses ride around pulling the carriages. And I know they're talking about electric cars. So my question to you is, where will those horses go if they do this? I hope in a, in a pasture, happily ever ending. That's the first thing. Well, I number one, I don't want those horses to go anywhere. I like those horses. I like those. I like that little feature. And don't they have, I mean, if it's really that hot for the horses, these horses, they're tough. You know, tough like a horse, built like a horse. They can take it. They got plenty of water. I love those horses. I don't want them gone. I don't it sounded either. like I'm Bill de Blasio. They, Greg, I don't want them gone either. But if they do go, I just want to make sure they go to a nice place. That's all I'm saying. I like I like them here, too, but... They talk about not having them here anymore, so I just want to. They don't sure talk about that much anymore, do they? I don't know. I heard I, I, that was a long time I, ago. I, I I don't know. I mean, I'd hate to see those horses go. What do they do with horses? Oh yeah, the glue factory, right? They turn them into glue, which uh, yeah, I, we would hate that anyway. And I like those drivers too. Those guys, they're they're. they're you know what I don't like yes. though are the guys, what? the little rickshaw guys who you know run they they they. they they kind of run with a little basket of people behind them. That's terrible and dangerous, and it's not remotely scenic or pleasant. I don't understand it. What else did you want to say? Well, I wanted to say that um, happy Melania is going to Ivana's uh, funeral. I think she has a lot of class. I heard on Mark Simone this morning that Trump is not allowed in New York because of whatever happened. I think that's crazy. I mean, he lived there all his life. All of a sudden, he's not allowed in New York. No, he's allowed in New York. He's in New York right now. I mean, Letitia James can't arrest anybody. It's all about civil suits. She can't arrest anybody. She's not going to arrest Donald Trump. There's, he's in, he has no, there's no danger of that from Letitia James. I don't buy that. Although, um, uh, yeah, I don't buy that. I love Simone, by the way. He's a good friend. We talk all the time. Sandra, one more thing, and then I got to go. Uh, then I got to go. Okay. And then I just wanted to say that um, I hope Trump runs because Forbes says not sure. He doesn't seem organized. And Dick Morris says, yes, he's going to run. So I just hope he will. That's all. I know he will. Don't worry about a thing, Sandra. He is running. No doubt about it. Thank you very, very much. Best to uh, David. Hey, Bill is in Connecticut. Bill, hello. Hello, Greg. There was a world-famous actor that starred in a porn film. It was called The Party at Kitty and Studs, and that actor was Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I didn't know the name of the movie, but I do now. Yeah, you're right. He was in a porno at one point. Yeah, I've seen the 
it's, it's, it's been out there for a while. I heard that a long time ago. Uh, I think that's where he got the name Italian Stallion, by the way. It that was correct. in that movie. Um, yeah, you do what you got to do, I guess. Uh, back then, being in a porno, which wasn't exactly socially uh, um, lauded or approved of, but you actually were kind of in a movie. It was low budget. It was this, that, and the other thing, but it was it was a movie. It had a director. It had an editor. It had uh, you know a producer, and they had actors and they had auditions. If you ever want to know about that, you can watch the movie Boogie Nights with Burt Reynolds and Mark Wahlberg. It's kind of interesting. Back in the seventies, there was a real. It was a real adult film industry, and what George Floyd did was kind of that wasn't film. That was uh, you know that was. Well, that wasn't that wasn't film. It, it's 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 porno, but it's different. And there's no fake plot or anything like that. It's right down to business. Anyway, has anybody ever asked uh, Sylvester Stallone about that? I'm sure he was in an interview. Hey, you know who I know? Not to drop names. Frank Stallone is a good pal of mine. I love that guy, Frank Stallone. All right, good stuff, Bill. Uh, one more. Christine is in Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah. Hi, Greg. You uh, mentioned um, all the stuff I've. From the mainstream mainstream media bites, um, I'll tell you, I of all the non-binary people I know, I don't know any of them who are conservatives. They are all liberals. And the people making the biggest stink about this pronoun garbage are the people that don't present well in public and have no confidence in themselves. Now, Christine, you speak again for our audience. Uh, Christine is uh, transgender. And uh, happens to be conservative. And I don't know if you watched my Newsmax show last night. I mean, look, I, I quite frankly can't stand the whole transgender obsession of America. But, Christine, I give you credit and I give I give um, Caitlyn Jenner a lot of credit. Why? Because, well, you got you you made these decisions as adults. Um, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, I know that for Caitlin, uh, Caitlin, yeah, after you know, I was my 50s when I came out in so. 50s. Yeah. So I think it's uh, you make these decisions as an adult. You're not like, what's her name? Um, who is that crazy doctor? Rachel Levine. You listen, know, listen to the yeah, hold on I, one second. I, I got Rachel I, Levine standing by and here she is uh, urging children to undergo sex change operations. Cut 37. We really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Gender affirmation treatment in the state for children, otherwise known as a sex change operation for children. And I am so pleased that a federal judge in Tennessee just yesterday said the Biden administration has gone too far. The Biden administration has said to public schools, grammar schools, you you name it. If you get public money from the from the government and you're a school, you must comply with their crazy interpretation of Title IX, which says that if there is a girl who suddenly identifies as a boy, they must be able to use the boys' room, vice versa, and I think, quite frankly, more troubling – when a boy identifies as a girl, they must be able to use the girls' room. Now, Christine, these are touchy subjects, I know, uh, but you believe, and let me just reconfirm this, that this is children have no place, quite frankly, um, being pressured or undergoing these kinds of procedures 
And certainly the whole boy boys room, girls room for children thing has been it's it's quite frankly a perverted I I think someone I think someone is getting their jollies off of thinking about children and what bathroom they use. Not so much. How wrong she was for what she said yesterday. Say that again. You got cut off at the top. What? If I was able to talk to Rachel Levine, I would have given her a piece of my mind about how wrong she was, what she said yesterday. Minor age children should not receive medical treatment for gender confusion. We have other stuff we could do for them and outside agencies, too, not the public school system either, too, for that. Hey, Christine, I got to ask you something. Would you ever come on my Newsmax show? Sure, absolutely. All right. We got to make arrangements for that sooner or later because you have a very interesting perspective. And quite frankly, it's one that I agree with. And it's interesting. I mean, you know, you're transgender. I'm uh, I'm not. But I think you bring a hell of a lot of common sense uh, to this issue. And you speak from experience and you say kids should not be involved in it. And if adults want to make that decision, it's a free country. And then the language debate has been hijacked. Christine, do me a favor. Stand by. We're going to make arrangements. Not tonight, but soon. But I want to make arrangements right now. They're going to take your information. I'll be back. Uh, Oh, and I'll be back with the rest of you in a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, once again, we're wishing Lee Zeldin all the luck in the world. And I hope some money comes his way as well. He's a congressman from Long Island, a Republican, running for governor right now against Kathy Hochul. And anybody who listens to her for 10 seconds knows she's a complete dimwit, I'm sorry, knows absolutely nothing. And it's a freak accident that she's the governor right now. The stakes are so high, we need her out. Here she is. Oh, what is she addressing now? Shark attacks. You know, she has nothing to say about Black Lives Matter summer. Nothing to say about these uh, motorcyclists who are taking over the streets, popping wheelies on sidewalks, all kinds of crazy stuff. But she's all over the sh- – I always think about the state government when it comes to uh, shark attacks. Let's see here. Cut 53. Our beaches are such an important part of our uh, attraction, you know, why people love living here, why they want to visit here. And we need to keep our beaches safe. Wow. Such depth. Such insight. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that impressive? running all over the state for free on state helicopters and state planes. Hey, Sarah Palin, didn't she sell the... That's one of the reasons why she became famous. She sold uh, Alaska's state private jet on eBay. (laughs) And, you know, she made do without a private jet. But Kathy Hochul is not going to make do without anything... Any little accoutrement of the office, she loves all this stuff. Very, very. And that, we so we have a dimwit governor and an idiot mayor. Cut 52. New Yorkers feel as if a sea of violence is engulfing our city. But as your mayor, I promise you, I will not let this happen. We will not surrender our Hold city to the... Hold on a second. Isn't it too late? That sounds like a campaign speech. The problem is so bad, and now he's here. Now what? He has no ideas, and he has no ability. He's not a leader. The police department does not respect this guy. He is a racist. 
an egomaniac and is in love with the sound of his own voice and his wardrobe. So he's having the time of his life. He can't, he can't believe that a small-time politician, I can't believe it either, by the way, is suddenly the mayor of the city of New York. How does he wrap this up? Go ahead, Winston Churchill. Keep going. We will not surrender our city to the violent few. We're going to go back, and we won't go back to the bad old days. Wow. All right. Problem solved. Gave another speech. <laughs> um, here's a, uh, now that I'm ripping on public officials, here's one that I like, Governor Greg Abbott. Did you know he's in a wheelchair? Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. He's been in a wheelchair since the 1980s. He was running, he was jogging, and a tree fell down on him. Lost the use of his legs. But he's very active. Hardly ever talks about his uh, his limitation. And he's talking about the Uvalde situation. My gosh. All those cops doing nothing, talking on their cell phone, waiting for their boss to give permission. Cut 54. Obviously, it's disgusting uh, to see what happened. And uh, it's been clear from the time of Columbine. Uh, that whenever there is a shooting, uh, like what was happening uh, in this school, you run toward that danger and encounter that danger, and you have to eliminate the shooter as quickly as possible. Tough job, but you got to do it. And you don't stage a little camp at the end of the hallway and wait around. Part of it is our micromanaging culture And you know what? I actually think email and cell phones are somewhat to blame here. Number one, the cops should have acted, yes. But more and more, we are a culture of fraidy cats, afraid to do anything because it's very easy for our boss to find out exactly what we did and second-guess ourselves and then tell us, order us to make the decision or make a certain decision. Because with the phone, everybody can get involved in everything. Although I notice that very few people want to take responsibility. (laughs) They don't try to take responsibility. They try to take credit. They try to assign blame. But very few people are. And they try to tell other people what to do without taking responsibility for themselves. We have a lot of problems here. And I do believe that Black Lives Matter summer, the second guessing of police officers, I can't do anything. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait for a supervisor. And the supervisor is going to wait for their supervisor and so on and so on and so on. And meanwhile, kids are literally getting killed. Now, if you can take out your phone, and some of the guys did that, you can create the illusion in your head that you're doing something. No, you're just, an, you're just like everybody else, just a person killing time on a phone. You should have been killing that guy. One hour went by. They're blaming 400 cops. Now, I think that's a little much. Anybody who even looked at the school that day is coming in for some blame. That is, uh, no, that's going too far. Okay. Hey, who remembers this? The United States Army, back when it was cool, uh, cut 44. You're reaching deep inside you. Oh, things you've never He's known. jumping out of an airplane. It's been tough, rough going, but you haven't gone alone. Now he's riding a tank. We do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Hey, First Sergeant. Good morning. You can do it in the Army. Love it. I love that commercial. We need a commercial like that to get people to join the Army. Nobody wants to join. They they are 
only they're at 60%, 60% shy of their recruiting goal for this fiscal year. Nobody wants to join the military, especially when it's woke and especially when it just lost a war. Thanks a lot, Joe Biden. Thanks a lot, General Milley. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I'm looking at Roger Marshall on TV right now on Fox News. Hey, interesting thing that Fox News does. I notice all day long they say coming up at 7 o'clock is such and such show. Coming up at 10 o'clock is such and such show. Coming up in 20 minutes is so and so. What an interesting idea. Huh? Promoting television during the day. When you got basically free space on your screen to promote a show. Uh, Maybe that's why they're doing so well, huh? Hey, while I'm at it, I will just tell everybody that I have a TV show on Newsmax. And it's at 10 o'clock. Good luck finding it. I mean that. Good luck finding it. It varies from uh, channel to channel. It varies from cable system to cable system. You can download the app. Uh, that seems to work very well. I have a lot of friends who watch it on the app. My show is unlike anything out there right now. It really is. I'm very proud of it. It's a little, it's a little gem, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, some things that, uh, folks, well, you got a lot of fakers out there in TV land and in print journalism, by the way. Um, oh, we got to, can't emphasize this enough. And this is good news that the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, drops murder charge against bodega worker Jose Alba. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg finally dropped the controversial murder charge against bodega worker Jose Alba on Tuesday with his office conceding there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute the case that sparked widespread outrage. Why did you file it to begin with? The DA's office filed a motion in criminal court to dismiss the case against the 61-year-old bodega worker, after an investigation found it couldn't prove the defendant was not justified in the use of deadly force. I thought he was in his early 50s. He's 61. Okay, that makes sense. He looks 61. Bragg and his office faced backlash after Alba was swiftly charged with fatally stabbing 35-year-old violent ex-con Austin Simon, who had attacked Alba inside the Hamilton Heights grocery store on July 1st. You know, I've heard some people speculate, and they may be onto something. It's a horrible thing to discriminate against anybody or hold a grudge against anyone based on on race or ethnicity. And there may have been an anti-Hispanic uh, vibe to overcharging this guy and throwing him on Rikers Island. And believe it or not, there are some people out there who are anti-Hispanic. Maybe Alvin Bragg is. I don't know. I do know this. He's anti-law and order. He did this because he was forced to. He didn't want to. And oh, by the way, Eric Garner, he was there yesterday on Staten Island. What's that, Bay Boulevard, where Eric Garner was selling those cigarettes uh, in the summer of 2014, eight years ago. He said, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not giving in. You can't arrest me. Uh-uh, no way. So Officer Daniel Pentaleo had to use force to 
take him into custody. We still have laws here. It's not, They're not optional. They shouldn't be optional to follow. If you choose not to follow them, you can and should be arrested. So they attempted to arrest this guy who fought every step of the way and died during the struggle or shortly thereafter. And now this guy is now the next civil rights icon, Eric Garner. And Alvin Bragg went to the street naming, Eric Garner Way. What the hell does that even stand for? What does that mean? What are we supposed to say? And Alvin Bragg said, yes, this is a reminder that we must fight for racial justice all the time. Racial justice, dude, you're going to get people killed. You're going to get people killed. And you're inviting them to resist arrest. That's um, Now, the only way you can actually avoid getting people killed is you encourage the cops to not engage. And I think that's part of his grand plan as well. They don't want the cops engaging. And Eric Adams can talk that tough game all he wants, but he's just... We've all figured out that the guy's just on an ego trip, okay? He doesn't. It's all about the cameras. It's all about the suits. It's all about, uh, what's that club he likes? Club Havana, Club Gold, Club 101, Club 69. What is that dumb club? Club 55, Club Downtown, Club Uptown. All right, knock yourself out. I am great and glad that Jose Alba, but he's going to have a tough time in that neighborhood. What did he do? Well, you know, he, he stabbed that guy who was assaulting him. And you're allowed to defend yourself. I wonder if they're going to downgrade the charges and try to get him on on something else. Um, hey, how about that? The Army, no one wants to join the Army anymore, in part because of the uh, the wokeness of it all. We've become incredibly woke and silly as a country. And we have desperate little men, desperate little generals. You'd be surprised how mediocre so many generals are. They're great big, at, 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 at their heart, they're great big suck-ups. You think it would take a great leader to become a general sometimes. Usually, though, it takes a great big suck-up. Because you're in the military for, what, 30, 35 years? For most of that time, you're not a general, okay? You're, you're a junior this, you're a junior that, you're working your way up. And how do you work your way up? By being the best leader? Mm, sometimes, but certainly not all the time. And probably not even most of the time. You get promoted by being a suck-up. It's the same in the civilian sector as well. It really is. People who focus on the bottom line, on getting the job done, they're not necessarily rewarded for that. But those who play the political game and talk about playing political games, General Milley, General Mark Milley, uh, he wants to know about white rage, cut 45. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. Oh, how good of you. How virtuous of you. Oh, and here he is. How about those? How about Black Lives Matter summer, right? Awful summer? No, it was a beautiful summer. Cut 46. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. Peaceful protest means that American freedom is working. Yeah, that's what I thought when that police station in Minneapolis went up in flames. Yeah. Democracy is working, right? Or when they shut down half the country, yeah, democracy is working. When they looted Macy's and Nordstrom's and mom and pop barbershops, yeah, 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 that's uh, it's working all right, sure. Uh, bad guy, bad time to be in the military. Hey, I used to say to people, people, I really recommended joining the military. I would not 
talk anybody into it. You don't want anybody to talk you into it. But if you're thinking about it, I would say, I don't think I'd urge anybody to join the military right now. It is crazy woke. People join the military to get away from all this nonsense in some respect. It, the mission was pure. The mission was noble. And we weren't consumed in the military with all this, this nonsense that civilians love to focus on. And civilians can be very silly people, especially, especially the media class. It frustrates a lot of us. It frustrates uh, people like, oh, Peter Thiel, one of my favorites. Peter Thiel, there would be no Facebook if it wasn't for Peter Thiel. Hey, thanks a lot. No, Peter Thiel didn't create it, but he invested a lot of money in it. He invented PayPal. He happens to be a uh, Trump supporter. He's conservative in Silicon Valley, and that's very unusual. He's a major force in this country. He could be president himself someday. Here he is back in 2016, annoying everybody he ever knew. Because he spoke at the con- at the convention that nominated Trump. Got 39, please. When, when I was a kid, the great debate was about how to defeat the Soviet Union. And we won. Now we are told, now we are told that the great debate is about who gets to use which bathroom. This is a distraction from our real problems. Who cares? Woo! Who cares is right. Well, now, uh, (laughs) who cares? It's a long list. Even Joe Biden cares. Joe Biden has your back. Speaking to the transgender community. Cut 36. All transgender Americans watching the young people. You're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. Your president has your back. Why are you even thinking about transgender kids? You're thinking about kids too much in general. You know, presidents didn't used to talk about trivial stuff like this. John F. Kennedy talked about beating the Russians to the moon, baby. Cut 40. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. All right, good for him. And we did it. Eight years later, we were walking on the moon. Eight years seems like a long time. It's not that long. Hey, it was seven years ago. Seven years ago, Donald Trump uh, declared for president. June of 2015, seven years ago. Time goes so fast. Think of what the... What we could have done, number one, if they didn't sabotage Trump's presidency, if they didn't screw with the election and did us, didn't obsess about the point zero 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 one percent of the population who came out the wrong sex at birth. Where would we be? We could be doing great things. And we went to the moon. Oh, by the way, so it was right now, uh, 53 years ago, right now. This was the day before. We got to the moon on July 20th. July 19th, we were still on the way. This is a little clip from one of my favorite movies. It's called Moonwalk One. It's a documentary. Listen to this. Cut 41. Beautiful narration. Uh, This is, they're showing the astronauts inside the command module, the big ship, the bigger ship, not the lunar module. They're all on their way up to the moon. Listen to this. Cut 41. 
The spacecraft rotates to keep from getting too hot on one side, too cold on the other. Delta VT, zero, zero, one at nine or seven. Hey, did you, uh, we kind of clipped off the first part of that. Is that the way they really cut it? Can I hear that one more time? Cut 41, please. Yeah, they screwed that up anyway. All right, no. This guy is like poetry. You got the, the worst part of it. Not you, but whoever, but that's the wrong part. It doesn't matter. You could still see uh, Moonwalk 1. It's available on YouTube. And what was happening at the same time? Those guys were at the moon. Uh, what's his name? Ted Kennedy was drinking his ass off uh, with the office girls. Uh, and the Chappaquiddick happened. Listen to this news report from ABC News, summer of 1969, cut 56, go. At midnight last Friday, Senator Edward M. Kennedy drove a car off a narrow bridge and into a pond on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. A young woman in the car with him was drowned. Kennedy survived but failed to report the accident until 10 hours later. Today, police moved to prosecute the senator on a charge of leaving the scene of an accident after causing bodily harm. Wow. Isn't it amazing that that guy was able to run for president some, after this? That he had the audacity to run against an incumbent president from his own party? The Kennedys. That's the Kennedys for you. Cut 57. At 9.30 in front of the Dukes County Courthouse, Chief of Police Dominic Arena faced newsmen in a crowd estimated at 400 townspeople and vacationers. Filing a complaint with the county clerk, Arena charged the senator with leaving the scene of an accident after having done bodily harm. My investigation is completed. Mr. Steele and I uh, will be prepared to go into the hearing, and uh, we will just present our facts. And then uh, if the complaint is issued, then a summons will be issued for the senator, and then we have to go to court. The senator will not be required to be present when a formal hearing is held next Monday. He will be represented by local attorney Richard McCarran and longtime friend and advisor of the Kennedy family, Burke Marshall. Mal Good, ABC News, Edgartown, Massachusetts. Wow, he was in a lot of trouble, but he survived and was able to stay in politics. And, uh, wow, Barack Obama went to his funeral. George Bush went to his funeral. All the, I wonder if the Kopechnys were at the funeral, actually. I wonder. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, uh, yes, it's me. Hi. Uh, wow. All this stuff is coming back to me about Ted Kennedy and a lot of interest in that. Uh, you know, before we do that, though, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Uh, Perry is in uh, Long Island, Garden City. Hi, Perry. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, I really like your Ted Kennedy theory. It made a lot of sense. I, I, I hope you get to talk more about that because I, don't, I, you know, I just like to see everybody actually hear that. Um, but I'm calling because I just like to say that I believe one aspect of the white privilege narrative that's largely being left out is that, you know, they, the talk is that all whites are generally lumped together. And I actually resent that. I mean, talking about racism, I'm of Italian descent and none of my ancestors who came to America in the 40s had anything to do with the American slave trade or, or had any other advantages. You know, and a large portion of the southern Italian immigrants were populating the coal mines in Pennsylvania, you know, with low wages, and there was a company store, and they couldn't even cover the expenses. And so, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm sure there's similar stories for, you know, other white immigrants, but I wish the commentators would bring up this point whenever they talk about white privilege. And what do, I don't even know what that means. Like, we had no privilege at all, and, you know, we're white. 
Well, I agree. They that will uh, that infuriates the left. They say, "Oh, you have all these. Uh, you know, you can walk down the street and be a white man, and law enforcement's not going to uh, judge you or stop and frisk you or all these things." But they have a cartoonishly simple view of the world, and they're omitting so many, so many factors, so many things that it's just it's insane the dialogue that we're having that the left is waging about race. But one thing I will say, I noticed this. The other day I was reading a book and it kept on referring to the black community, the black community this and the black community that and the black community this. I mean, I'm sorry, but the black community, just like your community, the Italian-American community is a bit more diverse than uh, outsiders. I, you know, Just because you're Italian, what does that actually mean? You know, there is a certain homogenization that happens when you come to America and Americanization, whatever you want to call it. But I, I just I don't see how anybody could talk for the white community. How can they speak for the black community? It's uh it's a very strange moment that we're in. And that, by the way, has gotten by me before. I may have mentioned the Latino community, the black community, but we are so different. It's, and I think it's very unfair to, to label a community as thinking one way or the other. Don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Hey, where in Garden City are you? Um, right off Stewart Avenue. Like what? What street? Uh, Butler Place. Oh, my goodness gracious. Butler Place. You I must live that. in a mansion. Not really. No, but you know what I mean. That house has great big mansions, right? Well, we have the smallest house on the block. Ah, well, anyway, good for you. <laughs> but, man, I know well, I'm oh, telling you, that is one of the dream blocks in all of Long Island. And oh, uh, and if anybody's thinking of messing with it, everybody on the block has a great burglar alarm system. I, uh, I, 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 I So I just, I, I love that. And there's also Eaton Place, all those streets off of, what do you do? I'm retired now. Oh, good for you. Can I ask how old are you? I'm 70. Uh, what, do you got, what do you got planned for the next 20 years? You're probably going to live for a long time. Well, I'm a part-time musician, so I, I get to keep myself busy. What do you play? I play the keyboards. Uh, is that like the piano but electric? Yeah, keyboards go into like organs and synthesizers and things like that, so it's much more than piano. All right. Well, very cool. Enjoy Garden City. What a town. Hey, can I ask you something else? Are you a member of the pool, the Garden City pool? No, we have our own pool, actually. Ooh, of course. You're on Butler Place. Uh, well, it's all, it, that, it's all that privilege, right? It's all that privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. You deserve it. I love it. I love Garden City. I grew up on uh, 3rd Street, great town. Moved there in second grade from Baldwin. Thank you, Perry. And uh, let's see here. Ooh, here's Ted Kennedy defending himself. Ted Kennedy trying to explain his way out of that situation where he, uh, well, what do we say? He killed that young girl. Uh, Cut 60, please. Cut 60. My fellow citizens, I have requested this opportunity to talk to the people of Massachusetts about the tragedy which happened last Friday evening. This morning, I entered a plea of guilty to the charge of leaving the scene of an accident. Prior to my appearance in court, it would have been proper for me to comment on these matters. But tonight I am free to tell you what happened and to say what it means to me. On the weekend of July 18th, I was on Martha's Vineyard Island, participating with my nephew, Joe Kennedy, as for 30 years my family has participated in the annual Edgartown Sailing Regatta. (laughs) Only reasons of health prevented my wife from accompanying me. Oh, man. On Chappaquiddick Island, off Martha's Vineyard, I attended on Friday evening, July 18th, a cookout I had encouraged and helped sponsor 
for a devoted group of Kennedy campaign secretaries. Women. <laughs> He's just digging his hole a little bit deeper there, right? The regatta. He should that word. I would have taken that word. His whole bearing is so snobby and weird. Uh, the regatta. I was, of course, it's a summer. Of course, you're at the regatta, and you is a cookout. Uh, a cookout. That makes it sound a little bit more wholesome than it was. It was a booze fest. Uh, what happened next? One more. No. Oh shoot. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, he went on television trying to explain his way out of that. And it never quite worked. He could never, ever shake it. And he never should have been able to shake it. A young woman was killed, and he stays in office and gets to run for president and becomes the lion of the Senate, right? What a disgrace. Talk about a liberal media. How did they let him get away? Can you imagine if Nixon drove off a bridge with a girl in the car? They would have executed him. They would have given him the death penalty. And that liberal bias is still very much alive and well. I mean, it's gotten worse, actually. Hard to believe, but it has. Okay, uh, more on that. That speech is incredible. He thought he could explain his way out of it, and I guess in some ways he did. He almost ran for president in 1972. People got over it really quick. Not me. Not the Kopechnies. Although I'm pretty sure he gave them a lot of money. And they deserve that money. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, is this true? Bill de Blasio has withdrawn from the congressional race. You know, he had a fantasy about being a a congressman from Brooklyn. And I just got a report here that he dropped out of the race. Let me see. Let's double check this. That would be something else. And it would be, uh, let's see here, de Blasio. Yep. De Blasio drops out of Congress race after dismal polling. Now, that is humiliating. Mayor of the city of New York and not, can't even make it to Election Day for a seat from Congress. And there's his little video. Oh, he's 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 addressing the people. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Bill de Blasio dropped his bid to represent the left-leaning 10th Congressional District on Tuesday, admitting that it's not going to work out. I've really listened carefully to people, and it's clear to me that when it comes to this Congressional District... People are looking for another option, and I respect that. (laughs) Um, Get that video. Uh, Even though this is not going to work out, I hope you know how much I appreciate you, and we're going to do a lot together to make this city better in the future. You blew your chance, pal. You blew it. Nobody wants to hear from you. You've got nothing to offer. You had the opportunity of a lifetime, of a hundred lifetimes. You squandered it. You, you had daydreams of being president. You had daydreams of this uh, this crazy woke. You wanted to be an urban Bernie Sanders. It doesn't work. Your whole ideology, the Cold War proved that. We won, but you want to bring it back. What do we expect from a guy who uh, honeymooned in Nicaragua, who vacationed in Havana, Cuba? <laughs> How the hell this happened? We have got to fix this system. And how do we do that? We've got to become more politically active. So many lazy people out there. So many people voting for Democrats out of habit. 
just because that's the way it is. And I do understand that there are powerful interests out there who try to skew it all for the Democrats, making that primary day. When the hell was primary day for Eric Adams, like the last day of school? It was the last day of school in June. Since when did that happen? Since they rigged the system. Since they rigged it. De Blasio quit the race one day after a poll released by the Progressive Working Families Party showed that more than half of undecided Democratic voters in his district definitely would not back him in the crowded race. The primary is set for August 23rd. August 23rd. That's another little sneaky trick. Why are we having a primary on in, in August 23rd? Kids are away. Vacation. Parents are away. It's the summer. You're not supposed to do it. This is a this is a rule of thumb. You want to make it convenient for people to vote. They don't want that. They want it as inconvenient as possible. All right. So de Blasio, well, I, I must say I was worried about that. I was worried that just out of laziness and sheer name recognition, he could get it. And that's not going to happen. He doesn't deserve it. Remember, remember, and it's personal, quite frankly. It's personal. When, when Ray Kelly and Mike Bloomberg turned over the city to de Blasio and that fraud Bratton, you know what the NYPD's approval rating? 70%. Across racial and ethnic lines, everybody loved the NYPD. But de Blasio, with a straight face, was able to appeal to the very small number of folks who actually vote in these primaries, you know, on weird days in August and that kind of thing. All right. Not every he could just talk to a couple of weirdos. It only takes a couple of weirdos. Two hundred thousand people voted for Eric Adams and now he's the mayor in a city of eight million people. It took two hundred thousand people to make that guy the mayor. So here we are. A ruined city. It started really with de Blasio. First, he pretended the NYPD was broken. Remember, he called, he complained about the racism. He complained about Dante as being hassled by the cops, all these white cops. He lied about the NYPD, and he pretended it was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken, and now, ultimately, he managed to actually break it, and it's never been the same since. It could be another 10 years before we get it all straightened out. How many black lives... Because that's the life he's most compared, he's most concerned with, right? I notice he's, uh, yeah, maybe because it's more fashionable. Somehow it's more hip. I don't know. It's a warped, crazy ideology. Straight from communist Cuba. Nancy in Staten Island, hello. I don't know. Hi. Hello. Hello. Greg? You're on the air. Oh, Okay. Okay, I'm a 75-year-old grandmother, and I just want to tell you that my grandson left last night, and he went with the Marines. Oh, boy. So still, so this, um, I tell you the truth, I am petrified. I saw the video of what happens with the Marines, you know, with that whole uh, introduction there. I'm so afraid for him. I hope this kid, he, believe me, he looks like a Marine, my grandson, if you see him. But I'm afraid this is rough and tough business here. Well, yeah, but don't worry. I mean, I think it's gotten a bit <laughs> a bit gentler over the past couple of years. I think they've kind of lightened up quite a bit in the initial training. Um, when I went through it, it was uh, pretty rough and tough. I'm sure it's still rough and tough. And I'm glad. How, how old is he? 18 years 
So he went to from he, high school right to boot camp. He's probably at Paris Island right now. That's right. You got it. That's he, where he is. He, I tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> I couldn't talk him out of it. No way. Nani, I'm going. That's it. I had the tears coming down my eyes. Well, good for him. What's his name? His, his name is Vincent Charles. All right. Vincent Charles, who's at boot camp right now. And most yes. likely, he's regretting it. Everybody regrets it when they show up. I regretted it. I was, why the hell did I do this? Why? What the hell was I thinking? Especially because it's so hot. It's hot in South Carolina. It's hot in, uh, where did I do it? Virginia. It was so unbelievably hot and muggy. It was a swamp. And I hated it. But ultimately, I was so glad I did it. It's the best feeling. You know what you should do, uh, Nancy? Try to make it to his graduation. I'm sure he's going to make it through. I'm sure he's going to graduate. That'll be in about uh, 10 to 12 weeks or so. And I think you should try to get down there to South Carolina to see it. You'll never forget it. I will. And I listen to you every night and I listen to you on the radio. I says, I got to call him. Because that's my grandson. He's there now. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Vincent Charles, you said? That's his name. Vincent All right. Charles. All right. Yes. We're li- we- wish- him? He looks like a Marine. Okay. <laughs> I wish I'll be thinking about him. Thank you, Nancy. Stay in touch. That's great. That's great. Yeah, we still got people signing up. I mentioned. And the, the, basically, people always, the Marine Corps almost always makes its recruitment goals. Uh, there's something special about the Marine Corps. The Army, eh, not as much. The Army, uh, look, I, I got lots of friends who are in the Army, but it's not it's not the Marines. I mean, people know that. And, uh, well, you got Millie in charge. We already we know about that guy. You know, not, uh, no, no, not an impressive man. Oh, by the way, you know they talk about solar panel? Solar panel. You need a solar panel for your house. We're going to switch to renewable energy. I saw this incredible video. I'll play it tonight on the Newsmax show of solar panels in China. Now, you think these things are clean? Oh, my gosh. Number one, they, it, it covers up six mountain ranges. Solid. It's like they look like glass mountains. Glass mountains. That's how many you need to power a, a basically a village it's unbelievable. And the L.A. Times is reporting this week that those damn panels, you know, they've got special metals and minerals. They're seeping into the soil and then seeping below into the aquifer, into the water supply and screwing things up. Renewable energy isn't necessarily better energy. Number one, we know it's less energy. It's just not there yet. The only guy at the national level who understood this firsthand was Trump. You got to look at it during that debate when he actually explains how windmills work because he had to deal with them. He had to deal when he bought that place in Scotland and they were insisting on windmills and he had to come up with an environmental impact statement and all these things you got to do as a business person. And Joe Biden had no idea. He's never been outside of a outside of an air conditioned room. Think about it. Everything Joe Biden has ever done has been of, of you know when he gets down to his job has been in various air-conditioned rooms. He's never had to roll his sleeves up and get anything done. I'm not talking about shaking hands and kissing babies on the sidewalk. But actually getting stuff done, he's only been in air-conditioned rooms. And there's only so much you can know. Very little, actually, that you can know by just reading and talking, reading and talking, reading and talking. Very little practical, if any, practical knowledge, practical firsthand knowledge. Uh, 
Paul, hello. You're in Newtown or Newton. Where's that? Northwest New Jersey, Sussex County. Hi, Greg. Hi. Greg, I believe I believe uh, Mary Jo Kopecky didn't drown. I believe she suffocated. If It was an air pocket in that Oldsmobile. And if Ted reported the accident, she had a good chance of surviving. Yes, that's true. There's a guy named uh, Leon Damore who wrote a very good book about this. It's called Senatorial Privilege. It came out in the late 1980s. And in that book is a sketch. I may, you know, I use drown interchangeably. Yeah, I think you're right. There, the car was upside down, and where they found her, most likely, she could have been alive for hours, hours down there, terrified. Uh, but I think there is a chance that Ted Kennedy uh, abandoned that car before it was driven off the bridge. I really think there's a chance of that. Otherwise, I don't see how anybody could live with himself, how anybody could show their face in public. I mean, he went on national television. Could you go on national? If you drove a car off a bridge and your companion suffocated and you swam for safety and didn't say anything for 10 hours, could you show your face in public? I don't think I, I, I know I couldn't. I, I, I just know that's it. I forget it. You know, go live in the desert or something. That's it. Here he is. Cut 63. Ted Kennedy defending himself. I regard as indefensible. The fact that I did not report the accident to the police immediately. Instead of looking directly for a telephone after lying exhausted in the grass for an undetermined time, undetermined. I walked back to the cottage where the party was being held and requested the help of two friends, my cousin Joseph Gargan and Paul Markham, and directed them to return immediately to the scene with me. This was some time after midnight. In order to undertake a new effort to dive down and locate Miss Kopechny. Are you serious? How the hell did he stay in power? How? Oh, and here he is. Here he is, actually. Should he resign or not? Well, yes. Should have turned... 64. These events, the publicity, innuendo and whispers which have surrounded them, in my admission of guilt this morning, raises the question in my mind of whether my standing among the people of my state has been so impaired that I should resign my seat in the United States Senate. If at any time the citizens of Massachusetts should lack confidence in their senator's character or his ability, with or without justification, he could not, in my opinion, adequately perform his duties and should not continue in office. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Can you believe it? He survived that. He survived that somehow. It's, it is wild. It could never happen again. I would like to think it could never happen again. By the way, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, just made yet another spectacle out of herself in front of the Supreme Court. The cops say, okay, you got to get out of here because she's, you know, creating a bit of a disturbance. So they're walking her away. Someone is holding her arm, but she has her arms behind her back. I got to admit, I thought she was, I thought she was under arrest. I thought she was handcuffed. But then I see she starts waving at the crowd with one hand and then puts it right back. 
It's a visual. She looks like she's being handcuffed, but she's not. Wow, what a little manipulator she is. Her and her big booty, right? <laughs> what did that guy Alex Stein say? Can I hear that one more time? This is the greatest guy in the world. I'm sorry. I know you're not supposed to. Yeah, I I know. I, I frown upon it, but I also, I'm also laughing. Go ahead. AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it. My favorite, AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you're not supposed to talk like that anymore, but her reaction over the top, she said she was sexually threatened by this guy afterwards. And then she has she has a meltdown at work. She has a meltdown at home. She has a meltdown today. Uh Is she really a New Yorker? It doesn't seem like it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, please tell me the uh, January 6th hearings are not tonight. Hey, I ain't. (laughs) They are not tonight. They're Thursday night. So AOC got uh, detained and so did Ayanna Presley. She's the bald one from Massachusetts, right? Yes, she is. How about that? All right. So a phony Hey, de Blasio is not going to be a congressman. That's good news. And what else do we have going on here? Uh, Ooh, where Joe Biden fell. Did you remember when he fell on his bike? That is now a landmark um, site in Delaware. X marks a spot. You can find it on Google Maps. It's almost like it's its own little place. It's historic. You know, the people get it. They were trying to tell us for a long time that Joe Biden was, that everything was fine, that this was a normal presidency, that this was a normal election. We know it's not. We know that this is not how normal presidents behave. We know how this is not, nothing about this is right. Nothing about this is right. Now, they could pretend, but they could not fool us. They could not fool the people. Look at those poll numbers. Look, you think you can protect this? You did it during the campaign. You let them hide in the basement, but you can't do it anymore. And I think that is, this is beautiful. This man deserved to be found out, and now he's been found out. And I think, (laughs) well, God bless America. Uh, The other thing is, I am very pleased with that judge in Tennessee who had the, um, the guts and the brilliance to, have you ever read a judicial opinion? Sometimes it's very straightforward, but when they start talking about jurisdiction and who actually has jurisdiction and what applies and what doesn't, it's like they're speaking another language. But bottom line, Joe Biden's policy to interpret Title IX in such a way that says if schools do not provide uh, transgender students with optional bathrooms or to choose the bathrooms of their sexual identity, whatever they think of themselves in their head, if they don't provide a transgender neutral bathroom or if they don't allow the boy to use the girl's room or the girl to use the boy's room, then that's uh, they could lose their funding. Well, a court said, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do that. We're going to put a restraining order on that move. The Biden administration has officially gone too far when it comes to this transgender nonsense. A huge distraction and children, children 
are paying the price. So many, and I think some adults too, they're getting in on this crap um, because it's trendy, because it's cool, and it's a convenient way to um, status, status, and that's what people want, status, and they don't want to put in the effort. Get an operation, and suddenly you are a protected citizen. You are protected. You've got all kinds of advantages. You can join that LGBT. Q spectrum T seems to be the dominant letter in that in that mini little alphabet. All right, uh, got to go across the street in a moment or two, real quick. Paul in Dutchess County, Paul. Hey, Greg. Um, one of the, I think the thing we're getting at here today is uh, it's about character. Ted Kennedy, AOC, woke generals. Some of the best leaders I met in the military were West Point graduates. They were level-headed people, but they were resigned to the fact that they were never going to get above 05 because they didn't desire to play politics. When I went in the military, we, would, we, would think, we were singing about uh, killing Russians and commies. People I served with, they wanted to blow up things, break stuff, climb things, jump off of stuff. It was locker room talk, not pronouns. It was, and it was a morale factor. We had high morale then. I think with all of this woke nonsense, you're killing morale. You're killing morale. Part of it is, you know what? We don't have a big enemy anymore. I mean, we had the Russians. We were worried about the Russians. You couldn't screw around. Because we were worried about the Russians. Now we don't have the Russians to really worry about anymore. We kind of beat them. So we have indulged in all of this nonsense. Oh, by the way, we got to worry about the Chinese. We got to get we – we don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the time for this nonsense. Paul, as they say, thank you for your service. And uh, let's see who's been – oh, one more, and then I got to really go. Larry's in Brooklyn. Hi. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh... – you know, the, the, the goal of these transge- of the transgender is, first of all, if somebody has grown up as a boy and he's used to using men's rooms for half for like 10, 20 years, right? It's not traumatizing for him to have to keep using men's rooms. Where's the trauma? He goes in there and takes a leak for two minutes. So I'll tell you what their object is. Their object is to sexually traumatize little girls. Once they sexualize little girls, then they could move on to the real prize, which is little boys. They want to make us like ancient Greece, where where men have wards, mentors, that they sexually abuse, young boys that become their wards. That's the goal of the LBGTQ movement. Well, hold on. I don't know if it's the L- – I think that is the goal of some warped people, some warped powerful people, definitely. I'm not going to assign it to the so-called LGBTQ community in total. That there, We talked about this earlier. The African-American community, what is that? What is the LGBTQ community? I mean, there are gay people I, I, that are conservative. I don't know if I want to say the entire community, but having said all that – you're more right than wrong, okay? There is a real grooming component to all this. And by the way, you heard of Reddit? Reddit is this, uh, what is Reddit exactly? It's like a bulletin board that goes on forever. You can talk about anything you want. They just made it against their own rules to use the word grooming on any of their websites. If you use the word grooming, it'll be flagged and it'll be deleted. Why would they do that? Why would they be afraid of that word? I think if some powerful people are afraid of being called out on what's clearly happening. All right, Larry. So, uh, you know, semantics here. I think you, you're on to something, though. All right. Later. And I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show if you got time. It's 10 o'clock East Coast. That's uh, 7 o'clock on the West. 
And it's going very well. I'm very proud of the show. It's a bit of a gem. And uh, I got to go back across the street, take care of that. Uh, so, oh, and this Kennedy thing. Going to play some interesting footage. And I'm going to show, t- show how it's quite possible that Kennedy was not in that car. But what he did, what I believe he did, is even worse than driving that car off that bridge with that girl inside. I'll see you tonight, 10 o'clock, Newsmax. All the best.